Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance. My name is Bridget and today we are interviewing the illustrious Anna Hackett, author of the Gladiator, Galactic Gladiator series. We were so pleased to be able to review her book and to have her on the podcast. Guys, she writes 10 books a year, which is insane, and also went from engineer to action romance author. And we are so, 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 so stoked to have her on the podcast. Without further ado, let's get this shit poppin'. Pop poppin'. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Okay, everyone. Well, as we told you, we have Anna Hackett with us. And as you guys know, we are loving our alien romances. And we loved that she threw some gladiators into space for us. Yes. Anna, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we are so excited, you guys, that this worked out because Anna is actually calling in from Perth, Australia, which is so far and perhaps forever our furthest author interview we have done. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, Perth is very far away from everywhere, pretty much. Um, and since we're talking sci-fi romance, I always like to make the joke that I'm calling from the future as well. So mm-hmm. it's Saturday morning for me, and I know okay. for for you guys, it's uh, still Friday, Friday night. night. So Friday. Yeah, so that's so fun. I actually wanted to go to Perth, so I studied abroad in Brisbane. And I had this like whole plan. I went to like, you know, the whole, I like worked my way down the coast, went to Melbourne, saw the fairy penguins. I about died from the cuteness. And I was like, I'm going to take a train ride all the way to Perth. It's going to be wonderful. And then my brother was like, oh, I had a baby. You have to, he was living in China at the time. He's like, you have to come to China and meet the baby. And I was like, well, well, how about you just ruin my beautiful plan? I wanted to take a train to Perth. I've done that train ride from, well, I went from Sydney across to Perth. Mm-hmm. So it is pretty spectacular, mm-hmm. although there is a whole lot of nothing in the middle there. Yeah. So, be, yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm actually from Brisbane originally. So that's where oh, I went to fun. university. So, yeah. So that's my Yay. old stomping ground. But I love Perth. It's, it is gorgeous over here. It just is a very long plane ride to get anywhere, pretty much. So. And uh, we were doing a little research on you and you made it to Perth because you are a mining engineer and tell us about what it is that that is and how it is that you became a romance author from there. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I'm an engineer by background and uh, mining engineers obviously do all the design work for the mine. So I've worked all around the world with mining um, in the in the US, in Canada, in South America, in Africa, and in Australia. Um, so I absolutely loved it, loved being an engineer. And I, I love numbers and I love um, math and all of that. So, but on the flip side, I was always a reader. I loved reading and romance was my number one genre to read. Um, and yeah, so always a reader. So later on, that's what spawned my need to write down some of my own stories and try and write more of the books I really wanted to read. Cause, um, we'll talk a bit more about it probably, but I love action romance. I love car chases and fight scenes and explosions and my characters trying to save the day. So I couldn't always find enough of that in, in the romance I was reading. So that was really because I wanted the the romance as well. I wanted the sexy times and I wanted the um, boy winning the girl or the girl winning the boy sometimes, depending on the story. So that's what prompted me to write. So I did it as a hobby for quite a while while I was working full time. 
um, and had a few things published. But it wasn't until later, um, living in the middle of nowhere, and when I had my um, second son, I've got two sons, um, that I was like, I couldn't work out how I was going to go back to a busy job. And my husband had a busy job and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't want to be shuffling my kids around all over the place. We lived very remotely. So there weren't a lot of options for daycare and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I thought, you know what, maybe I'll try this writing thing full time for a little while and, and see what happens. And that coincided when um, self-publishing was really taking off indie publishing with Amazon. And uh, yeah, so sort of all the stars aligned, I guess. And um, I really started out writing sci-fi romance first, although now I sort of split my time between science fiction romance and romantic suspense. So, um, but whatever I'm writing, whether there are spaceships or aliens in it or not, there's always the action and the romance. So that's what I like to um, mix in mix in with my stories. You're, you're speaking Bridget's language. Right to me. You're right, right to, to Bridget. Me. I have Action. the biggest smile on my face, you guys. I'm like, I've already read 10 of her books and I plan to read more. I love action and romance at the same time. Well, I love hearing that. It's my jam. And, you know, I, I read a lot of paranormal romance early on because that's where I could get sort of a lot of that action feel. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, Romantic suspense is a bit of a mixed bag. You know, some of it's more sort of psychological thriller stuff. Some of it's more action adventure. So I used to have to dig through to find the thing that um, really appealed to me. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I write. I just can't seem to write a, a story without, you know, a fight scene or a car chase or an explosion or something like that. So, so I'm going to bring it back to your listeners. You know I have to. Let's settle the debate on... How much time you need in a dangerous situation to get in a little nookie? I personally think you need maybe an alcove and two seconds. But Shawnee is always like, you're in danger, run away. And I'm like, this is the perfect heightened emotional time to get it on. Um, I've had this discussion with some of my author buddies and um, we've gotten, I feel like I've gotten very good at finding the compelling reason why we can take time out right now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting locked in something and you, Mm -hmm. you can't get out. um, Perfect. perfect. Yeah. Um, So there's a, there's a deadline. So you've got a bit of time to take a breather. So, you know, the, the bad guy's not turning up for 24 hours. So, you've got a bit of time. Uh, yeah. So there's all these like tricks of the trade, but, um, yeah, generally my people end up getting lost or locked in something. So why not? See, this works for me though, because <laughs> as long as there's like, it's not an imminent threat because it, <laughs> one of the, like one of the books we had this debate on, it was like, there was murderers on the other side of the door, you know? And I was like, I, like yeah. the anxiety in my body can't, enjoy the scene <laughs> but if there's a t- if there's a, a reason that they have a moment where like there's no gun to their head I'm like this is, oh. this is why they like historical romance they're always yeah. doing these bad bad things in alcoves and gardens and you're like but they have a quiet moment a quiet moment and then he <laughs> whips the shirt off to see her boobs and ruins her <laughs> reputation and has to marry her <laughs> Um, yeah, no, look, I completely, I'm with you, Shawnee. It's like, if, if bullets are flying right now is probably not the time. Um, so I, I, I work hard to try and find that quiet space. And because I write a lot of 
of action in the story. Like sometimes I feel like we need the breather moments because um, otherwise, you know, you're, you're go, 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 run, run, run the whole time. It, it gets pretty exhausting. So you've got to try and find those little moments to let the reader take um, a breath and obviously to get more of the romance relationship side of the story in um, as well. So because I, I very much try and intertwine the t- the two, the romance and and the action. So oh, you do a good job of it. Thank you. <laughs> you do. One of my OG um, action romance loves was Tara Jansen. Have you read her book? Uh, yes, yes. So kind of um, heisty um, yeah. kind yeah. of feel stuff. Yeah, I've so I've fun. just put a heisty book out. Um, it's my latest release. It's not science fiction romance, but I had a lot of fun. Uh, with that and I think it sort of harks back to those books and there are a couple of other authors who wrote sort of heist um you know s- sexy slick kind of heist cool. with a bit of fun and um humor thrown into it so I have a question because we were looking through your catalog and we were like this is an awful lot of books and then I was on Goodreads and I was like she published 11 books in 2020 is that an accurate number because that feels like a lot of books Yes. Yeah. So I started writing full time in 2015 um, and it was mostly um, science fiction romance at the time. So I I didn't wake up one day writing, you know, almost a book a month, um, but I spent a lot of time fine tuning my writing process. So I wanted to get a bit quicker because I've, I've got all these ideas in my head and I wanted to get them to my readers quicker. I'd, I'd been publishing with a publisher and the whole one book a year and I'd send a book to them and they'd say, yeah, well, that's going to come out in 14 months. And I was like, well, as a reader, that really burns me. And, and <laughs> I had all these stories. So, um, and, and obviously, you know, in self-publishing, the, the more you do publish, um, you know, the, the better that is for building your, your author brand and finding your readers. So, yeah, so I spent a long time, um, I joked that my toddler at the time listened to a, a lot of writing podcasts and a lot of um, productivity podcasts because I was <laughs> trying to work out how I could get more done in the day. So I've really fine-tuned my writing process over the last few years. Um, I, I would like to slow down a little bit maybe next year. Um, I keep saying that. My husband keeps rolling his eyes at me. So um <laughs> It helps that I write in series. So I've already got an established world, especially for science fiction. So that way I'm not reinventing the world building every time. You know, if I'm writing eight to 10 books in a series, you can sink into that series a lot quicker. So it's almost like part of the work's already done. So, um, yes, so I write pretty much every day. My, My husband will tell you I write like 10 hours a day or something, but um, it's not all writing. There's obviously other stuff to do and interacting with readers and answering emails and picking cover images for the next book or uh, which is a chore. What a chore that is. is. God's work. God's work. (laughs) Um, Yes. You know, it's, it's tough work. Someone's got to do it. so there's a lot of a lot of other behind the scenes tasks. Obviously, uh, my books are all in audio as well. So there's, um, you know, talking with narrators and there's um, proof. Li- I don't proof listen to mine, so it's very. I don't know about other authors, but it's really really difficult to listen to your own books in audio, especially a male narrator reading the the, the sex scene. So You're dirty just, smut. <laughs> I just, they sound fabulous, but I'm like, those are my words and there's a man somewhere on the other side of the planet reading them. Um, 
That's, so I, yeah. I have a great proofreader, who, a proof listener that does that for me. So, um, yeah, so there's all these other jobs. So the writing is, is I try and get that done first, first thing in the day when I'm fresh and, um, you know, I, I love to get those words out first and then I can sort of juggle all the other jobs and my two boys. So they're seven and 10 um, and my husband's last on the list usually. So that's probably <laughs> what he complains most. Um, yeah, so I write, you know, roughly 10 books a year. Um, I've, I do do a few writing retreats with some author friends. There's a great group of romance authors over here in Perth and, and surrounds. I think because we're quite isolated from the rest of the country and the rest of the world, um, people over here seem to be really good at banding together and finding each other. So they found me when I came to Perth um, and we have regular coffees and we go on a few writing retreats, leave the kids at home with the significant others and write literally all day for four days. Um, so I can usually get, um, you know, a good draft out of, a, of you know, on one of those yeah. weekends or part of a draft. So that helps as well. So, yes, but next year I'm going to cut one book off, I promised my husband. Just one. Just <laughs> She's like, guys, I'm going to slow down from 10 books. To nine. Did you? Th- to from nine. 11 to 11. Her, to husband's, her husband's hoping you're going to be like five. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it might work out. My readers might revolt. So they will. Even, yeah. Even now when I have a, a, a month without a release, you know, it's like, oh, it's a month without a book. And I'm like, my favorite authors make me wait like a year. A year. So, yeah. um, it, you guys yeah. should be grateful. Um, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, I love alien books for a long time. I don't know when I read my first one. It seems like they've always been a part of my life. Um, and uh, what I don't have, I don't expect that much when I read an uh, alien book, like I, like, I don't expect, you know, the, the best writing of all time. Um, so I was like super delightfully surprised when I found your book because I was like, yo, this is above my expectations yeah. for, for, for a qu- like a quick read, you know? Um, and I thought like, I loved how the books uh, threw it in, threw us into the action. There wasn't much time of like a whole lot of backstory and all, all this stuff because uh, we, we talk about this on the podcast. I am, if you're a voracious reader, like all romance readers are voracious readers, um, you make up the things you want. So if you tell me that, if you just say it's a male, I'll pick them, I'll design that male to be what I want him to look like in my head instantly. I don't care what the author tells me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is my sexy. Boom. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I enjoy that. You're on books- a space station and I'm like, okay. okay Boom. Okay, space okay. station. Like, I don't need <laughs> you to describe it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and look, you know, there's, uh, look, Science fiction, even science fiction romance. I mean, every subgenre, there's a wide range of what you'll find in there. And some of it is, you know, I've read some of the science fiction romance books where there's very little world building. You could almost take the story out and plonk it down somewhere else and it would still read exactly the same. So that's not my not my stories. I like to intertwine the plot and the world building a, a little bit more. But you'll find the full spectrum of a very light read with very light world building right through to you know the science fiction romance books I've got one author friend here who she she very much straddles that line between straight science fiction and science fiction romance so there's not quite there's not much romance but it's there but she's got a lot of heavy political world building which you know is some people's jam so um you know there's there's the spectrum so but i i need some story and i need some character um and i've actually 
I'm not reading a lot of science fiction romance at the moment because I'm not finding my jam as much. So, and for me, it's, you know, I need more story and world building, but I need the romance as well. So it's finding that that balance that hits my spot, right? Um, but the other thing too is right now there's um there's a it's really popular for the very monster alien heroes. And that's fine. That's some people's jam, but it's not my jam. So, you know, right now I'm not reading a lot, but I'm I've got all these ideas for for series that you know, I want to write and I keep getting these ideas. So I'm going to have to get them out there. So they're, you know, my, I started reading science fiction romance with uh, Linnea Sinclair and Susan Grant and more military style, very human looking um, aliens, but with cool abilities and that kind of thing. So that's sort of what I write. Um, but right now, you know, it's, my readers love it, but right now it seems to be popular too. I think I saw a snake, hero and a spider hero this week so come out so you know there's this huge spectrum of what you can find in in alien your aliens and in your, your aliens yes well, we definitely thought that the the hero and heroine were like equally matched and that was like a really uh lovely uh twist from a lot of stuff that we've been reading where you know it, it feels unbalanced um and so we were there for that when they were, <laughs> when we were choosing, they were like, okay, we can choose. We have one that's a gladiator alien in space. And we're, we were like, we're gladiator? like gladiators? <laughs> done. Sold. Done. <laughs> Let me see the cover. Sold. Sold. <laughs> Um, I, I think you'll probably find that in most of my books that my heroes and heroine, even when the heroine's not, you know, Harper in gladiator is, is quite, kick ass she's trained obviously she's a space marine so um and a lot of my heroines are like that but I do like to show strength in different ways so um like the second heroine in in the galactic gladiators is a scientist um and she gets to science stuff and and Mm -hmm. show her strength and skill using her her abilities so she's not necessarily out fighting in the arena or fighting the bad guys but she's doing it in her way so you know I do try and mix it up so not all my my characters are exactly the same but I do write a lot of very competent um smart heroines is 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 again what I I enjoy um but the whole Galactic Gladiators premise. So I was planning to write another series, which I have actually written now, Eon Warriors, which is a um, another a set of like aliens. Um, but I was planning to write those. I'd said to my readers, yeah, I'm just about to start work on Eon Warriors and you're going to love it. And then, um, then I just had this really vivid image of this, space marine from earth who'd been dumped in this arena facing this big tattooed alien gladiator and I was like sorry I've got to write this story like (laughs) right now so um and I just happened to find exactly the right um cover model image to put on the cover and it just like everything sort of again those stars aligned and I was like I guess I guess the universe is telling me something here so I really and the other thing it was a bit of a um twist on the trope so another trope very popular in science fiction romance which you guys would know is the woman getting abducted from earth by the aliens so usually it's some hapless females been snatched and um taken off into space or some alien world so this was my twist on that so um I wanted to see a very strong heroine from earth who you know she's not taken off earth but they're abducted from from the space station and 
you know, see that that's it's a survival story, I guess, at the end of the day, and then making a you know a found family and a new home somewhere. So, um, yeah, so that's how Gladiator really came into existence. I was totally ready to write a different story. Um, and yeah, the gladiators budged in. So I was like, well, I haven't, haven't really seen any gladiators in space. And this image of, of Harper in this, um, on the sand, you know, the blood soaked sands of the desert arena on this distant planet, um, just kept bugging me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write this one. When the gladiators call you, you have to answer. Like you can't, you you can't not answer. (laughs) So Um, Oh, no. So I, I do have a question about, so Bridget and I come from a, like a YouTube and um, video production background. And so a lot of times we find, you find the story in the editing. Um, and so I'm curious as to if you've had to uh, change a book or if a book started off one way and as you edited it, it became a different story than you intended, or you ever had to like scrap a book because you were like, this is just not working. Yeah. Oh, great question. Um, I've never scrapped a whoop, never scrapped a book. So I, um, I especially now maybe I did a lot more editing early on, but now I find because I've written so many books, and the more you do it, and the more you fine tune your writing process, and you the more you learn to trust your writing process. If I start messing around with things early on in the story, I just find I get myself in a tangle. So I try and get the draft out, even when I hit bumps where I'm like not sure this is working. I'm not sure this is right. I try and get through to the end because I find once I get to the end, a lot of things reveal themselves and you go, oh, okay, now I can go back and tweak this or fix this bit or put something back in that makes the story work and things click together. Um, When I wrote Gladiator, I remember there are a few bits of it I felt were missing. The main story between um, Raiden and Harper worked and I loved that, but I, I felt something was missing. Cathago is a bit of a tricky planet to write because it's this weird mix of low tech and high tech. Um, and I felt like I needed to get that right. And at first I wasn't. Um, and that's where my editor really helped me. So um, usually I send her a pretty good book and she does it just has to do some light edits, but she really helped out with this one, especially fleshing out um, the district, which we don't see a lot of in, in the first book, but we do enter into the district. So there's the arena, which is old and, and you know, very um, reminiscent of the Colosseum um, in Roman times. But then the district's like the glitz and glamour of Las Vegas right beside it. So I wanted to really show this high-tech, low-tech. You know, we see these guys fighting with swords, but then we see ships flying over. So it was really pulling all that world building together and trying to make make that work and and we have caravans going off into the desert um uh but then you know people using other technology so I, I it was getting that balance right for the world building um so yeah I really felt like Harper and and Raiden were talking to me but it took me a little while with initially to flesh out the world and I've realized the first book in a series is generally like that I sometimes like to leave myself a bit more time because you know you've got all these wonderful hints in in your head when you start to write but Sometimes once you start trying to put the words on paper, um, you've got to spend a bit more time clicking all the pieces into place, if that makes sense. I think that's great because we've definitely read a couple of books where uh, we were sold a bill of goods as far as the world building. And then all of a sudden towards the end, we we're like, I'm sorry, what? You told me that was not part of the world. That was not allowed or is 
or is like, like for instance, like you were talking about the low tech caravans, but you explain like, oh, the sands destroy like all technology. And all. so like people can't use spacecrafts out there and you're like, okay, cool. Great. She explained it. But then if like in book three, you were like, JK, look, like here's a perfect vehicle and everyone's like not using it for some reason. We would have been like, okay, what? But you, you tell me already. So I think that, I mean, I think that that is like spending the time is what makes like a good series. Because if you don't have that foundation, that the rules that you're going to like follow, then as a reader, I'm like, I'll follow you anywhere. You're in space. Anywhere. There's there's gladiators and they don't kill each other. Cool. There's like, I'm like, whatever you're telling me, I'm like, okay, sure. That sounds great. This is the world that you've told me. Fine. Um, I would love to know about your the difference between writing your own sort of world building versus writing a contemporary. Cause in contemporary, you can't just be like, Oh, well, he's an alien and aliens pair bond mate with them. And he's going to get the magical tattoo. That's going to tell him she's the one or whatever. It's like here in real life, you know, how, how does that uh, present itself when you have to follow sort of the real quote unquote rules of the world? You know, it's funny. I actually probably spend more time doing research for the um, contemporaries than I do for the science fiction. So because in science fiction romance, I can make stuff up. Yes, there's some rules you have to follow and and sometimes physics. Look, sometimes I stretch the rules just to have some fun. So, mm-hmm. you know, why not? Yeah. It's fiction. Yeah. Um, but in contemporary, I spend a lot of time working out, well, if they're on this side of San Francisco and they've got to get here, how long is that going to take? And, um, you you know, and I've written, um, uh, I call it my Indiana Jones romances, Treasure Hunt Security. So it's lost temples in the jungle and lost oases in, in the desert. And, you know, I spent, and there's a lot of history, like real life, ancient history twisted into those books. So I spend a lot more time on the real stuff, but in terms of the characters, look at the end of the day, it's kind of the same. So whether there's the, you know, whether there's some bonding involved, you know, that's, that's always fun to include in the science fiction romance as some little extra element that, you know, twines your two characters together. But um, I think at the end of the day, falling in love is the same, uh, whether you're, you've got, and my, I like my characters to have made the choice, even with the bonding, I still feel like it takes time to get there. You know, um, uh, I, I have recently done a sort of bonding at first sight um, kind of, of romance. So, uh, so that threw up some interesting things that was in my Eon Warriors series. So, uh, but yeah, I still like the characters to get to know each other and, and fall in love. There's usually always immediate um, uh, lusting and, and desire. Um, so I like to think they sort of, you know, there's that knowing at first sight and then we, you know, that's the launch pad to, you know, usually they're tossed into a tough situation and have to work together to save the day uh, whilst falling in love um, and finding those moments to have their sexy times while not getting you know, caught by the bad guys. So, um, yeah. So look, I think at the core of it and, you know, I really try and find characters, you know, that fit, that somehow complement each other to, to make that romance feel right. So, um, yeah. So whether that's contemporary or or sci-fi romance is the same. Do you, I know you said you haven't been reading as much sci-fi romance, but do you have a preference as to writing one versus the other? Because from your recent years, it seems like you're writing like both, like or one of each sort of at the same time. 
Yeah. Um, so look, it's very much 50-50 at the moment. So I started out with sci-fi and I think when I started out, I was doing some really long series at the beginning. Um, that's just how it worked out. I've got one series that's got 20 books in it, which I never intended. It was meant to be a short story when I started and and it got away from me. And I, I you know, I loved it and I loved the world. Uh, and the same with the gladiators. And then there was a spin-off of the gladiators with the House of Rhone. Um, cyborg gladiators um and i've got galactic kings coming at the end of this year so that's in the same world um with a new set of characters so uh really excited to you know hopefully see some cameos from our gladiators um so for me i guess that's another thing that helps me write so quickly is i can switch between the two genres if i was just writing all contemporary or just writing all science fiction i think i, I would burn out Whereas being able to switch flavors and go from the contemporary stuff to, you know, the science fiction really helps keep me interested as an author, keeps me passionate about the stories I'm writing. And when I finish, I've had a little, um, con, you know, contemporary romantic suspense uh, bender at the moment, and I'm really itching to get back to my next science fiction romance book. And then by the time I write The Galactic Kings, you know, I'll be itching to get back to the the next romantic suspense series. So I think that really helps me write as much as I do and keeps me loving those characters and those worlds um, that I'm building. I like it. I like to do That's more good. than one thing. I get, I just finished, I was telling uh, Jane and Shawnee before this, I just finished this big contract, which was great. It was a lot of money. Wonderful. However, the last week was so hard. I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to go talk about romance. I have interviewed. We have books to read. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it was too, it was like too, it was like a month too long. And I would have loved to like switch to the next contract and next project faster, which is why we like doing like right before we started you guys. And I was asking if, if we had ever read sci-fi romance before, but that's why I think it's so fun that we switch like genres every season Cause like by the end of dark romance, we were like, Whoa, we got to take a break from dark romance. That's a lot of dark romances we just read. And like, by the time we get through the alien romances, we're going to be like, okay, you know, it's time to move on to fantasy. And by the time we're done with fantasy, we're going to be like, Ooh, let's get a little pomp and circumstance in us with a little historical, you know, like we get to like kind of cycle through and each, you know, subgenre has its own tropes and has its own sort of different things. And we get to visit with all these different authors and, ex you know, explore and, I couldn't imagine, I mean, no shade on any of our lovely, lovely book friends who love to only read one genre or they love to only review one genre, but that would be tough for us, I think. I don't think that would, our podcast would still be going. We we try, we definitely tried it. And at the end of the day, like we'd record the podcast and then we'd be like, oh goodness, like, I don't mm -hmm. know if I can do it. <laughs> no. Uh, look, I totally get it. And and look, I'm the same with my reading as well. So I I actually I, I tend tend to have my favorite authors, but I'll read a little bit of contemporary. Uh, I read the odd sci-fi here and there, but just not as much as I used to. Um and then I like a little bit of urban fantasy or a little bit of paranormal. Um, so yeah, so I, I like to mix it up as well. And after I've read one, I'm like, whew, you know, I think think I've had enough urban fantasy for a while I'm switching to contemporary kind of for a palate cleanse so mm -hmm. um yeah and look I you know for me it's the same with my writing so I, I think I don't tend to write more than two books in the same series back to back because I, I that 
you know, I get very, even though I love the characters and I love the world, the, my energy level drops or something. So a little bit like what you were saying, Bridget, with you getting to that end of the contract and you're like, I'm, you know, I've been here a few weeks too many. So, Mm -hmm. and, and that's how I start to feel, you know, there's been a few times I've written three books in a row and I was just like, not doing that again. So Mm -hmm. I've got to switch to a different series at least or the different subgenre. So, so that seems to really work for me and moving forward right now, I would like to keep doing that, you know, probably roughly 50, 50, depending on what series or, or, you know, I have happening. Um, and I'm also planning to try a few little trilogies because I've got so many story ideas and there's some I'm like, I'll just never get to them because they're years. If I write all these long series, I'll never get to them. And so some of them I think will lend themselves better to a a short, sharp trilogy. I can get that idea out there and then I can get back to one of the longer series. So um, right now this um, contemporary romantic suspense, I've got a trilogy right now. So I'm writing those three books um, and then I'll get to some science fiction and a little bit more of my longer running romantic suspense series. And then Galactic Kings is on the horizon for the end of the year. So, uh, which will be a revisit of, of the gladiators, although it won't be set on Cathago. Well, I'm not really sure yet. I haven't written it, but um, <laughs> it's, it's not set on Cathago, but we'll see, hopefully, I haven't worked out how, but we'll see some of these characters from Galactic Gladiators um, in that series and the hero actually appeared at the end of uh the house of rome the last house of rome book which is the continuation of the gladiators i like so, a good side i like a good cyborg you know yeah. like cyborg you know just, it's just well, a life. Yeah. house of I rome like, there's a whole house of them yeah. so and they're I gladiator like cyborgs an enhanced like an enhanced man cyborg yeah yes yeah, <laughs> please in, increased I'm stamina. Um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> How um, can I say no? Uh, yeah, I find cyborgs really hard to write. Let, let me get that out there. So they tend to be quite unemotional, you know. So it's really hard because all your usual cues for showing what that hero is thinking or feeling uh, without him saying it is not there. And some of them don't feel at all. And I like to sort of bring them to life and, and for, for whatever reason that the heroines igniting emotions in the emotionless cyborg. So um, yeah, they can be really tricky to, to get right. So, cause you sort of all your usual cues, you can't fall back on. So you've got to come up with some creative ways to show their emotions. So, or growing emotions. Um, yes. So um, yeah, so after a, a, a whole little mini series of cyborgs, I needed a break from cyborgs. Then. <laughs> I feel like a, l- a little bit that's kind of like uh, one dynamic. If a cyborg is falling in love but can't show it, I feel like that's actually kind of like like a cool storyline. Like we were, we were we were reading something. I think it was a mafia book or something. And it was a dual perspective book. So we were reading like his perspective and Bridget went ahead and read like the girl's perspective. And there was so much in it that we were like, wait, what was happening? Like he was thinking this, but she didn't know he was thinking that. And they were having this, this like, you know, this exchange and you're finding out so much more that she thought he wasn't that into her, but he really was into her. Um, 
And it was, I don't know, it was, it was interesting. I'm actually not that big of a fan of a book of one book having dual perspectives in it because I actually think it's hard to keep track of timelines and who knows what. Like, so if I, the reader, know that he's trying to go after her and then I read her point of view and she's like, why is he trying to go after me? My brain goes like, hey, just listen, listen more, you know, or so it's, so it's, it's, those get a little tricky for me, but I think it's actually a kind of cool concept to have like a cyborg, somebody who can't show emotion, um, who's just like, no, I love you. <laughs> She's like, uh, like, it's, you love? It's, it's like the old school, like, um, Harlequin Mills and Boons in that where we never got the hero's perspective and the, and he was just mean to the hero the whole time and the heroine the whole time. Yeah. And then it turned out he, at the end, it was like, suddenly he loved her. And it's like all that time he was being rude and, uh, and, and mean, and he was really in love. So, um, I guess we still see that in, a, yeah. in today's bully romances and all these other romances. But, um, look, I, I, I did play around with some of the tropes around the cyborg so one gets injured in battle and suddenly because he's damaged he gets an influx of emotions and suddenly he's drowning in emotions so you know I'd written a few where the slow awakening um kind of of emotions and then I thought wow you know time to mix it up and then suddenly I had this idea for this this particular cyborg and I was like oh and so he was injured in battle and suddenly he's drowning in all these emotions so he's got the heroine on by his side to try and learn to cope with all of that um and then you know a few of them do feel more than some of the others there's different levels of cyborgness um I bet she so, yeah. really so sometimes she- they're locked in a prison cell and only <laughs> one floor and they knock somebody out I'm just saying like sometimes you gotta a help. Good one. You should read that one. You know, sometimes you gotta help somebody find their emotions. You know sometimes what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta you know do the hard do, work. I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna you do it. Me Shawnee volunteers tribute. You volunteer. Do the hard work. Is it? So we'll take so our time. <laughs> oh, take your time. <laughs> we'll take our time. <laughs> we were we were talking about. Um, I don't know if you've heard this over there, but uh, in the U.S., there's been alien sightings that apparently has been happening for a year. Jane Jane actually knows more about this. But I don't know if you've gotten this news. And so, like, it's pretty mainstream. It's on mainstream media now. Um, and uh, nobody knows what it is. Jane said her family's taking bets, which I think is really cool on, on what it is. But both of us volunteered. We're like, if if they need a human, you know. <laughs> See, but I think the dangerous thing about aliens, you guys, is that they're either romance novel aliens. Yes, please. Let's all sign up. Or... <laughs> They're here to kill us all. There's really been no intermediate alien sightings within literature. It's either all or nothing. You get the best or the worst of the alien races. And that's, there's no well, just like, oh, hey guys, we're other aliens. Like just wanted to say a quick hello and we're going to bounce. Like well, that they, never happened. There's like a, there's like a, you know, in the dark side of the internet, there, there is theories that the dark, they're here the to, <laughs> I don't know what you would call it. The Where other side, you, the side, the that, I don't, side, the side that I don't be on that much. <laughs> the dark web. I turn the lights off when I'm on it. That's how it's, that's why it's the dark side. <laughs> but there's like that they're here to, and this is for years and years because I have friends who, stu- who have been in the alien game telling me this for a while, that they're either here to to help us to give us technology we don't have to observe us or to get us back on track that's those are like the three things that have been pretty prevalent in the like alien space 
at least for not me to make or to with us and make our lives us. amazing and yeah, yeah I would like a, I would like some all. bonding I would like bonding and I might like a phallus that has a hook on it I'm just saying don't judge me <laughs> I you know what I want I want the ones where you get paired with two because it feels like if they're aliens I might need a duo <laughs> And I want them to only ever want to look at me and touch me and talk to me and do nice things for me and like rub my feet and just give me lots of orgasms. This is the kind of alien. You don't have I to do can. anything for them though, right? They're just no, there for you. They can have orgasms too. We can, I mean, I'm happy to share the orgasm and, love. And they're like, the, and they also like, whenever you ask to see their phone, they hand it to you and they're like, yeah, check my text, boo. You can check whatever you want. <laughs> Um, well, I, I have seen some of the headlines over here, so um, I haven't seen any aliens, though. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, most of the scientists, unfortunately, say that they're unlikely to be any sort of basis, like their their life form would be, <laughs> certainly not be sexually compatible with ours. Um, so, yes, I, I it How is always How dare you? How dare you ruin How dare you? <laughs> Hence, hence why I write science. science fiction romance. <laughs> <laughs> we need to add the fiction part on. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, who knows? We don't yeah. know. What, what do you What do you put your money on, Anna? What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm here totally. We're all going to get two aliens to worship us. And hey! Yeah. Hey! That's totally what's going on. <laughs> Okay, I want to switch gears really quick because you mentioned audiobooks earlier and I wanted to let you know that. So Shawnee exclusively reads audiobooks. And I'm wondering, did you decide to have all of your books on audio because you yourself listen to audiobooks or you just were getting a lot of requests from readers? Like how did that all come about? Um, I was, I'm not an audio listener. So um, I was getting lots of requests and um yeah, and I, I put it off for quite a while because it's it's expensive to to get, especially the really good narrators. So it's a bit more expensive to put the books together. Um, I was writing a lot, so I wasn't sure how I was going to find the time to coordinate that as well. Um, but who needs sleep? Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so then I, I did start with uh, one of the series and I thought I'll just start and we'll see what happens. And then slowly it was like once I started, readers are like, when, when's the next one and when's the next one and when's this series going in audio? And, um, and look, I, I really enjoyed the product. I really enjoyed the feedback from the listeners who are enjoying them. So it just made sense to keep going with that. And, and I'm trying a few new things, a few different narrators. I've got some fantastic ones Um that I work with and uh yeah so I'm I've got one older series that I'm looking to put into audio I'm just waiting hopefully to get rights back because the first book was with the publisher um and once I do that everything will, will pretty much be in audio and moving forward I try and I release the ebook once it's ready and the audio goes straight into production so the audio books are usually two or three months behind the ebook um Maybe one day I'll try and coordinate it that they come out at the same time, but that's a lot more work and effort that um, I, I just can't manage right now, um, but maybe one day in the future. Um, yeah, so it was mainly, you know, readers who were audio listeners and I've got a few of them that help proof, who help give me feedback on stuff or I ask for opinions on uh, samples of narrators and that because it's not my 
area. You know, I'm in a few audio groups now and so I hear who everyone loves all the time and, and you know, or people discover new narrators. Um, I'm really a, I learn from reading and I switch off when I'm reading and I'm totally in the story. I find when I'm listening to audio, um, suddenly I realise I'm thinking about my next story or the homework that my kids got to have finished for to, for school tomorrow and, um, or, you know, what well, what's my husband going to cook to dinner? I, I try and stay out of the kitchen. So um, I leave the kitchen <laughs> to him. But, you know, I'm thinking of all these other things and suddenly I've missed part of the story because my brain obviously doesn't stay connected to the audio. I'm thinking of other stuff. So I've, I've tried. I've gotten better. I, I've, the other thing I think about audio is you have to learn audio. It's kind of like you can't just listen to one audio book and go, oh, it's not for me. I think you need to listen, find the narrators that really work for you and keep trying it until your brain learns what it's supposed to be doing with audio. So I've found that I've gotten better at it, if that makes sense, but it's not my, I don't switch off and relax like I do when I've I've got my Kindle in my hand. So yeah, so I love it. And I love when listening to little snippets and my proof listener, especially Mark's spots and she's like there's no errors here but you totally got to go and listen to this bit because it's so good and um you know I it really appeals to me to be bringing the story to life in a different way so um as an author and Netflix if you're listening um anytime you want to come and you know add in in making any of minor movie or, or show, I'm, I'm here for it. So, um, yeah, so it's it's really nice to see your words come to life in a different way. So, I think it's uh, awesome that that your all your work is available in audio because and and you said something that was really true because when I started listening to audiobooks, it wasn't because I couldn't read; it was because I was driving three hours every day. I would drop my brother off at university, then I would go to university, two different sides of town, and so. It was three hours every morning, three hours every afternoon. And so I just listened to, to audiobooks and I got so used to it. But I remember in the beginning it being super jarring and not liking it exactly. And then I heard uh, Robert Pedkoff and um, the uh, Stephen Fry, who does Harry Potter. And they just, I mean, butter, the f- butter voices. Like, I'm like, yes, come read me anything. And, uh, and then, so I started falling in love with it and then I would just listen to everything. And when I picked up a book, like the next time I picked up a book, I couldn't read. Like I had been listening to audiobooks so long that my eyes no longer tracked for reading. And so we tried to read a book, um, on the podcast and I called Bridget halfway through and I was like, Bridget, I can't, like, I, I cannot focus. I cannot read. And then we accidentally just recently picked a book that didn't have audio. I think just, we got some wires crossed. And I was like, no, this book is really short. I'm going to try to read it, Bridget. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to read it. I was in the bathroom with headphones on, the fan going, <laughs> trying, like, just trying to stay focused in this book. And what should have taken she me. Spoiler, she still didn't make it for the audio recording time. No. <laughs> she it, missed it. It's <laughs> Spoiler. Took, I mean, I think it took, I think it took, uh, cumulatively took me like 10 hours to try to read a book that should have taken me like one and a half. Like I it mean, was, you could have listened to it in like five. Yeah, <laughs> it was. A very it, was short book. it was definitely like. I could have just uh, read it to you over the phone. I just like wanted to prove. I wanted to like prove that I could do it. Like if I really focus, I could. And I could not. Like what you're talking about, the like your brain distracting or rereading or going somewhere else. All of that was what it was like to try to read this book. <laughs> yeah, and uh, look, I think some of us are just wired to 
learn in different ways, whether it's visual, whether, you know, some people need to write stuff down and, and some people like to listen to it. Some le- people like to be hands-on. So I think that applies to sort of reading as well. But I really found that I couldn't just listen to the first time I listened to audio, I was like, uh, this didn't make sense. But the more I did it, I suddenly got, and when you find the right narrators that click for you and it's different for everyone. And I get emails and it's, it's kind of frustrating because you get emails. I totally loved the dual narration on this, this series. Oh, I don't like a single narrator. I like a single narrator, but I prefer a female, not a male. Or um, I like duet narration. So everyone's got a different preference and obviously you can't do everything for the same book. So um, you try the best you can to find, you know, the narrators who um, can, you know, for me, when I'm choosing a narrator, it's about getting some, the emotion in, into the story because some of them read very deadpan and some people like that. They want to feel like someone's reading the book to them, not acting the book to them. Other narrators put a lot of different voices and a lot more action and, and move somehow movement into their narration and others, you know, there's all these different styles. So it's, I think finding the right narrators as well makes, makes a huge difference, obviously. So, but I totally get it. I could see commuting um, or the other one I hear from listeners is doing the housework. So they're trapped for several hours doing the housework. So why not have the audio on? So I can totally see how that would work. Um, but for me, when I read, it's usually in bed at night to to unwind at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I, I just, the audio doesn't work for me as a listener um but yeah there's I just was listening to a bit yesterday of of this book that's just come out and I was just like oh it's so good (laughs) um sorry it wasn't the sex scene though although the sex scene might be fun so in this one um yeah I mean I think you really need to proof the sex scene just so you know that it's right for us you know what I'm saying (laughs) well you know just one of those jobs that I'll have to do I guess suffer through (laughs) Along with forever. picking the next cover model for the next book. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because I was uh, telling Shawnee and Jane, I was like, y'all should scroll her catalog real quick. Because that's a lot of abs. That's a lot of toned fools. That's a lot of beautiful ladies. My um, my husband is pretty well trained now. I'll go, oh, what do you think of these two images? Which one for the cover? Oh, yeah, that those abs there look great. So <laughs> He's like the he's like yeah I'm the king of picking shirtless guys now uh, that'll work well on on romance book covers so um, yeah so you know look there's obviously there's obviously covers that I might I would like to do differently but you really have to see what's doing well in in the genre um, so there's no point putting this beautiful cover on there if it doesn't sell your genre um you know covers really need to be a shorthand of what what genre it is and and what kind of story you're getting so yeah I get to have fun with them so um yeah I totally we totally agree we talk we talk about the covers for every book as we're reviewing and that's one of our least favorite things is like you sold me a light rom-com and this book was heavy as fuck or like you sold me like a sexy shirtless man and they don't have sex till like 95% through, like, I want, I want to, like, I want to know what I'm getting into. Like, you don't have to give away the whole story, but I want to know, like, like in an action romance, for instance, like on your covers, it's like, 
they're holding some sort of gum they're in camouflage they're in a flak jacket they're like in some sort of crouched like position like oh we're on some sort of mission so i immediately am like oh there's gonna be danger there's gonna be like suspense there's gonna be romance someone's on a mission okay i know like what this book at least i mean maybe i don't know if your writing is good maybe i don't know a lot of things but i at least know like what to expect but then if you delivered some like real fluffy light like oh a soldier goes back to his hometown and now it's a hometown romance no 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 what he should no he can't be shirtless with a gun but then be in a hometown romance so (laughs) yeah look and uh, you know you you nailed it It needs to sell your story at one glance right of Mm -hmm. of roughly what what you're going to be giving the reader it's it's a promise um Mm -hmm. and obviously the shirtless thing usually signifies a certain heat level uh Mm -hmm. in romance so um you know again it's just a a cue to the readers to to know what they're going to get and then I I do spend time trying to give it that little twist to make it stand out hopefully from all the other shirtless abs that usually are (laughs) uh, on Amazon at the same time so uh yeah so for me it's always I I always say to my author buddies same same but a bit different so how do you um do a little bit the same um but give it that little twist so um oh my gosh I've got the first cover for the Galactic Kings and I've actually gone extra special on these covers so I can't if I show you guys, you're not showing the, the no, we're not showing, showing the video. video. Yeah, just the audio. We just you do the video because it it's fun to look right? at people's faces while we're talking, which I, I really appreciate. So I'm actually an extrovert, right? I I love talking to people, although I find it harder online, and I find it totally hard without seeing people's faces. So I need the cues. I need to. I yeah. bounce that off that if that makes sense so yeah the energy really, it, there's no energy really like difficult. energy if you can't see that yeah. someone's enjoying what you're talking yeah. about or like <laughs> yeah so okay so super top secret coming no one's seen this um coming at the end of the year so I think you get a pretty good idea of, of what you're going to be getting with this story so oh, oh my god shit. yes please oh Sorry. shit wait put it back up for one more second, one more second. what's, what's just... happening Oh, top secret top secret so oh yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah oh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes sorry yeah sorry color palette everyone that's so yes cover. i think you know what you, you're getting a an alien warrior we'll post it at the end of the year when this one. book comes out so you guys can see the cover <laughs> oh yes uh one sorry. thing also that i that i was remarking on um when we are researching is that i really like that uh, your books have different cultures, ethnicities in, within your storyline. And it makes sense because you're saying you you uh, engineered all over the world. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense now because a lot of times we find that, you know, people's catalogs all kind of look the same. And I just liked a lot that yours was spicy. I, you know, I, I just wanted to write... I guess the world I see around me. Um, you know, I'm not going to write a coming of age story being a a young African American girl or something. So that's not my story to tell. But when I'm writing romance, I want to see the full spectrum. And I, you know, I try my best. I, I mix it up, and you know, I see a mix of people around me in my life every day. So that's what I try and put in my romance and you know what there's only a few eye colors and it gets kind of boring to have you know some person with blue eyes 
brown eyes, green eyes, you know, and that's the description. Um, so, yeah, I like to try and mix it up. And, you know, with the alien stuff, obviously you get to even go a step further and invent some stuff, but I still like to have a mix of characters coming from, from Earth um, who represent, you know, and, and I enjoy it. You know, if I've got a character that's from, you know, Korea or, um, you know, Puerto Rico or, you know, Brazil, then, you know, you get to do a little bit of research on different cultures as well and just sprinkle a little bit of that in to, to help bring their background to life. So, um, yeah, I just think it would be boring otherwise. So, um, yes. So I just started doing that. One of my favourite authors of all time is Nalini Singh. So, mm. um, and I think she's always done that really well. And, um, yeah, so I just, you know, she's maybe been an inspiration for me as well of just having a wide cast of characters and, yeah, let's let's throw them all together and see who falls in love. So, um, yeah, and... Yeah, so I thank you for mentioning that. So I, I do my best, you know, every now and then you get get a reader that's not happy about how someone's described or something, but um, I just, I won't let that stop me. I'll keep trying to do better and, and keep writing, um, you know, the characters that speak to me. So I, I personally appreciate that a lot because I remember like when I was a kid, there were like two authors that I could read romance of that were brown. Um, and, or I could see myself in those. And it wasn't until I was like in college until I found those books. So, um, and then a lot of times, um, we've talked to a lot of people and even friends and stuff. A lot of times people will try one time to write like a person of color and it doesn't work. And then just stop cold Turkey. And they're like, Oh, I'm not doing this. And it becomes controversial. And I understand that it's a weird space sometimes to put yourself in. And so I, I do like the fact that you're like, you know, what? I'm gonna keep trying. I might, I might not nail it. I'm gonna try again. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's been a few. You know, I, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I think my account's still there, but um, I wasn't having fun on Twitter anymore. Um, but you know, there'd be a Twitter storm about something, and and about you know an author, you know, stepping outside their space, and there'd be positives and negatives. And I was just like, you know what, I, I get it, and I'll I'll keep trying, and I'll, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, and you know the comments I get from people. I remember the cover, one of the gladiator covers with um, a, a alien heroine who's, who's black. And I, I had so many readers um, contact me and just go, Oh my God, I saw myself on a cover and it was awesome. So, yeah. um, you know, and that, that's like, Oh, that means something. And that's the other thing I do try to do. Cause there's, sometimes it could be easy to to write the characters but maybe still not display them on the covers and I I was like no I'm I'm going to do it if that's my character they're going on the cover as well so regardless of what the you know if there's a difference in the sales outcome I don't care um we're going to do that so yeah so I I do try and do that for for my um covers as well so um yeah it gets sometimes I, I get myself a bit tricky you know it's like I need 
uh, a character with a tattoo and this color hair and this skin color and in a suit and you know and like sometimes it's like you just can't find the right combination so um, you've got to sometimes think about it when you're writing the character it's like I've got to find the right cover image and um, yeah sometimes the if they've got tattoos. That's when you like just see their back but not their face or their <laughs> like legs you just see rippling back muscles maybe a forearm flexing on a sword or something like that so, <laughs> yeah it's like I'm like why why did I do this combination it's like now I can't find a cover image so yeah you've got to get a bit um creative uh, <laughs> so um yes so I will continue to write you know my my cast of of characters and and do the best job I can and and hopefully keep getting better so um, so yeah. you mentioned Nalini Singh, who is also one of our favorites and we interviewed her and it was like the best thing ever. She's awesome. Um, and also I tried to trap her into telling me about <laughs> Liam and Adam and then she just announced the cover and I was like, ha ha, I knew it. I tried <laughs> to trap you into saying this and you didn't, of course, cause she's a professional. She's like, I'm not going to answer. And I was like, fine. <laughs> I, and like she is tight-lipped so very um, tight-lipped yeah she lives in New Zealand so I've, I've you know I get to see her when she she's come to Perth a few times and um mm-hmm. we've been to a few last time I saw her we were in Melbourne for a conference so we went out for dinner so I even plied her with cocktails and I couldn't get anything out of her <laughs> Time, I so. even I like sneak attacked at Anna and the, we were talking about something completely different and I was like so tell me a little bit about it. she's like nope and I was like oh I was, I was hoping no, for like, like a wink well, you know this cocktail looks good why don't you try this one oh, sorry it looks like you're a, working on it looks like a sparkle and a blue (laughs) um Um, yeah so she's I think she's gotten very good at um just not answering any questions about what she's working on so um yeah and see I hear I am showing you my cover that's yes well we would never we can't we'll never show anyone we would never we want to be maybe we want to pull this clip up after you um after you announce the book cover whenever that is (laughs) then we'll pull this little clip out and be like look we saw it first after she announces it <laughs> before after so she's already put it publicly <laughs> yeah, like, well, that- look it's us <laughs> no we would never do that the uh i what was i gonna say oh yeah so are there any other authors that you're like sorry i just like banged into something i'm covering this for sound i don't know what that is um are there any other authors that you're reading right now who you're like loving or who you think our uh, our dear listeners should check out? Um, well, like I said, I haven't really been reading any science fiction romance lately. Yeah, so um, you know that just like I said, I I what I love to read, I'm not seeing a lot of it at the moment. So and um, I've been reading more um, romantic suspense. So my favorite romantic suspense author is Pamela Clare. Um, she did the iTeam series. That's where I first found her. So that's sort of reporters and, and military or ex-military heroes um, or, co- you know, cops, that kind of thing. And she's also now self-publishing a few of her own series. One skews a bit more contemporary but sort of search and rescue rock climbers in Colorado. Oh, and cool. then her other one is much more military romance, like a security company doing work around the world. So, yeah, so there's some of my favourite um, romantic suspense. So she recently had one in her search and rescue 
um, series, the Colorado High Country series, I think it is. So, um, and and she writes um, a lot of Native American characters as well. She's been quite connected to the Native American community. So that was a Native American hero and heroine, which was was really great to read. Um, what else have I been reading? I read a lot of contemporary romance at the moment too. So, you know, this trilogy, the first, this heist type trilogy I've just put out, there's billionaire heroes in that. So I've been reading a few um, contemporary romances as well. So uh, that's been fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's a new Kristen Ashley book out, I think, this week. So um, I haven't had a chance to check it out because I got a book due on Monday and I'm behind. So um, I'll be working this weekend, but maybe that'll be my reward when I'm done. Uh, and I love Alona Andrews for my action fix. So that's where I'm getting most of my action stuff at the moment is urban fantasy. She does... Um... Yeah, like fantasy. Do you have one of particular? Because we're doing fantasy next, and she's been recommended to us by a couple people. Um, do you have like one in particular of hers that you're like, oh, it's this series or it's this book? Are you doing urban fantasy or are you doing high fantasy type stuff? It, either one. It's just fan. I mean, we're just doing fantasy in general. So we'll we'll do kind of like what we did with the aliens, where we try to each book have it be a different representation of what is available in fantasy romance so yeah either so right now her stuff that I'm really digging it actually it, it sort of skews a little, little bit more paranormal but it's certainly an urban setting is the hidden legacy um series so she did one trilogy following um a hero and heroine um and then she's She's done the first two, but they've delayed the the third one. So, oh, which I think so they did awful. with the first trilogy as well. Um, so they're they're certainly more magical, um, but they're set in in Texas and uh, in a city and in Houston. So, um, you know, it's this kind of blend of urban fantasy with a with a dash of paranormal. So, um, nice. but yeah, the so the first the first book in the first um trilogy so have you guys read those ones the nevada baylor and no we haven't no i know i know we've been recommended it by uh, i think it was beverly jenkins was telling us a couple other people and we were like uh we've been talking with some of our our friends on instagram about like which books to do and it seems like she's a lock for sure, for the season. We've had a couple different ideas about which one of her books we should be focusing on. So, well, yeah, it's a bit hard because it's a trilogy. I kind of feel like it's one story over three books. So mm. especially for the romance, you get, you know, it's kind of like reading the first third of a romance book or, or the first quarter. You, you're just getting the beginning hints of it all and things don't really heat up until book two and three. Mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, so Burn For Me is the first one in the Hidden Legacy, the first trilogy. Um, but, yeah, great hero, um, great heroine. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's I've, – I've really enjoyed those. Obviously, the Kate Daniels series is their classic um, mm -hmm. urban fantasy. Um, and, again, great hero and heroine, but that's a what, 10, 11-book series, yeah. I think. So, and, again, the romance doesn't really get going in, until a few yeah. books into it. So maybe All we'll my have to urban do – 
the whole trilogy or something, Shawnee. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to think about that. What a terrible job. Twist my arm. Twist my <laughs> arm. I love fantasy books so much. <laughs> yeah. So look, it's a um, you know, really alpha male hero, very powerful, very rich, um, and but with some things to learn. So, you know, I think he's a great character and um and you know, the heroine works well with him so the second trilogy there's only two of the books out and it's her sister is the heroine in that so uh the first trilogy works the best for me but I'm certainly enjoying the second trilogy as well it's more the characters I think so uh yeah but fantasy isn't like more more of the sort of swords and sorcery fantasy isn't my main area that I read in but urban fantasy especially you know, I guess what I like about the Alona Andrews books is there's always really great fight scenes. And um, what I try to do with my fight scenes is write them in a way that it's a bit like a movie unfolding and you can certainly picture what's going on. Some fight scenes I'm reading, I just, I don't know who's who or what's what or where the sword is or what's going on. <laughs> um, but they do a really good job in the fight scenes. Like I'm totally invested and it's exciting and I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, so I think they do those really well. So I get my action and fighting fix um, from, from their books for sure. They've also got some science fiction romance ones. So um, it's kind of this weird blend of paranormally science fiction. Um, so yeah, the uh, innkeeper books. So they're certainly very unique. Um, and yeah, so if you wanted to to try science fiction Alona Andrews, then um, yeah, they're a good read. Awesome. I like this. Well, thank you. So so I'm Anna. Good book rack. Yes. Shawnee. So, so Anna. Okay. <laughs> so we asked this question and and, and we need to know. because uh, you've had your partner for uh, a while now. Uh, so we always like to ask, like what you write a lot of romance. So what would you say is the key to having you a lasting relationship with your partner? Uh, it, you know, it's it's going to be one of those boring answers because at the end of the day, it's the boring little things, I think, that, that are key. Um, so one, he's my best friend and we actually enjoy spending time together. We don't always get the chance to do it because, you know, once you have kids and life and work, um, it gets pretty busy. But we, you know... He likes to spend time with me and I like to spend time with him. So, and and we are good friends. So, and that I, I think too comes back to that whole communication thing. So, and we've gotten better at that. So we just had our um, 14th wedding anniversary. Um, so, yeah, so we've gotten better as time goes on at, you know, not letting things fester. If something's, you know, if something's making me angry, I just come out and tell him and vice versa. So, or something's annoying them, uh, each other, we, we talk about it. So, um, but you know what? He buys me flowers, um, every few weeks. He brought flowers home yesterday. Um, just because, you know, I'd been busy this week and I'd, I'd probably snapped him at him a few times and he knew I was having a rough week. So I think it's doing those little things, um, you know, and, yeah, I wouldn't trade him in. He does the cooking too, so that's pretty good. That's, that's <laughs> clutch. <laughs> huge. Especially when you have kids. I tell this to Shawnee all the time because she doesn't have children and I do, and I'm like, you have to feed them all the fucking time. It's like, it just is relentless. It's like every time a meal is over, it's like, if it's you and you're working 
you could just like, okay, I'm going to like have an apple and then in eight hours I'll eat a real meal, but they need food to stay alive more than you do. And so you're uh, like, I've got two boys. It is yeah. relentless. So, um, but mine are old enough now that I've just got this box of snacks in the, yeah. in the pantry. So they, yeah, know they can that make their own snacks. They can go and get them themselves. But yeah, um, it was a lot tougher when they were little, you know, I, I was, I, you know, I always joke that it's not a great time to kick off a full-time writing career when you've got a newborn baby, um, which is what I did. Um, but, you know, I, it actually helped me learn. I, I got very good at writing when he was napping. So it was like go time is now. And if I don't do it now, it won't get done. So that actually helped me learn that when it was writing time, I sit down and write. So it's actually gotten trickier, I think, now that they're both at school and uh, although they're both at school, but now there's homework and sports practice and uh, swimming lessons. And, and so there's, you know, each stage brings new, um, you know, new drags on my time. But, um, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade them in either. <laughs> I had my, I had my nephews for like a cumulative of like six days. And I, when I dropped them off at their house, I feel like I looked like I had gone through a battle. Like a like a war, and they asked me. They were like, "Auntie, can can we come back next week?" And I was like, "No, no, you cannot." <laughs> and I think when when I was a doula, when I, I was a postpartum doula, I I would watch um, see parents from be, before they had babies till after they had babies. And there's this thing that you get, which I just call mommy grit. That's the only way I can describe it. That you only get having children. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. it's a level up that you just you know and this is not a market anybody doesn't have kids I don't have any kids there is a grit that you have when you have children that you don't get any other way <laughs> uh no I think you're totally right about that and, and look it's good and it's bad so it, it teaches you a lot of good lessons um and you know they can drive you to the edge of your um sanity work your last nerve <laughs> And then they'll just say, I love you, mommy. And I'm like, oh. yeah, they flash the <laughs> cuteness and you're like, fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck you oh. and that dimple. Don't try to come over here. I have a one and a half and three and a half. So it's like, oh, you're losing their minds. And then yeah. they'll just be like, mm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. I see what you yeah, did there. Or they crawl in your lap yeah. or they do something or you're mm-hmm. the best mommy in the world. And mm-hmm. you know, it makes it all worthwhile. But look, it is a juggle. But you know what? We all have a juggle, whether we've got kids or not. We've all got, you know, all these balls we're trying to keep up in the air. Yeah. Um, so, yes. But luckily I have an awesome um, husband. So he's my number one fan, although he's not read any of my books. Um, he <laughs> he sells them at work. He's just like, oh, my wife's got a new book out and you guys all need to read it. Um, he's not a reader. So he loves listening to podcasts, usually business podcasts and dry stuff but um that's that's his thing um so yeah not a reader every time we go on vacation he picks up he takes a book he always takes a book and it always comes back unread and he'll like open it and then I look over and he's asleep (laughs) wait what what is his job (laughs) I'm just curious Um, uh, so he's a mining engineer as well by background so he works for a large mining company here but he's um moved into the technology space so you know bringing more technology in um to the mines so yeah um 
I just imagine yeah. him walking into like work with like a handful of your books, handing them out <laughs> to people. <laughs> no, he doesn't care who, like yeah. they're all engineers. There's, I mean, you know, there's the HR ladies yeah. from HR and ladies from marketing and all yeah. that. But, um, you know, um, most That's people dope. find it really interesting to talk about, you know, right. The writing process and the publishing process and all of that. So, um, yeah, no, I've, I'm, you know, I'll talk to anyone about it, but yeah, it's what I love. It's what I love to read. It's what I love to do now. So, um, out and proud, uh, romance, romance author, sorry. And reader. I love that. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, you know, I went through that stage as a teenager of buying my books, like, oh yes, here's my book to you know, face <laughs> down across the counter. But, um, you know, eventually as I got older, I was like, you know, I yeah. love this and I yeah. get a lot from this and I, yeah. I you know, reading's my, downtime my sanity break my you know keeps me from sliding into depression I think most days so um or anxiety and yeah so it's my zen moment every day and I love it and I love writing it and I hope that that's what I'm giving my readers when my they read my books that inspiration entertainment and making their day a little bit brighter hopefully well, you have certainly given that to us and also this interview, I'm sure lots and lots of people are going to love it. It was so, so much fun. So much fun. Getting to know you and chatting with you. Thank you for coming on the show. Great. Well, no, it was lovely to meet you guys and chat. And like I said, I'll chat anytime, especially about science fiction romance. I don't Yay. think it gets quite the love it deserves. So I, um, we agree. That's why we're like, we got to get in some science fiction authors. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think it's a great genre and I think it's still got um, lots of room ahead of it to grow and hopefully we, we see new new things coming there. So, um, you know, there's there's always new authors I see popping up here and there that are writing it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me. And, yeah. Um, yeah, Saturday's looking very rainy in my part of the world. I hope <laughs> your Saturday tomorrow um, is a little bit brighter and a little bit sunnier. All right. Well, hello from the past and we will talk to you again in the future. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was and we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com to see what we're reading next and we'll see you next podcast.